So Argo Group, like every other company in the world, is managing through one of the biggest crises of our generation. And as this pandemic unfolds, what do leaders have to focus on first and foremost? I think I think this is a classic time when you know, as a certainly as a leader of an overall business unit, you've got to really step back and say, okay, where can I add va- the most value? during this period of immense challenge for our people. Um, and I think in our business, you know, we have several you know, senior underwriting folks. We have claims leaders. We have, we have people that are um, really into the weeds of trying to understand just how this pandemic is going to impact us in terms of the, um, you know, the, the, the claims outcomes that we're ultimately going to have to pay, um, but also what it means for... Uh, future underwriting endeavors ac- across the business. So we have quite a lot of people that are focused on that. And I, and I try and make sure as the leader of the international business that I'm staying across all of those major developments, but trying to get out of the way and make sure that I can focus more on engaging our, um, our people, making sure that we've got um, good, solid and informative communication initiatives underway. And also making sure that we're finding creative ways to reach out to our external audience. And again, the nature of our business is such that it's very personal relationship driven. And clearly when you cannot sit down face to face and engage with um, a broker, for example, um, you got to find uh, creative ways to do that. And it's not always as simple as just picking up the phone. Um, people are, the reality is having an immense number of phone calls on a daily basis. So it's about coming up with fresh topics uh, and relevant ideas in order to be able to engage with people. What do you find the most challenging, both as a leader and for Argo uh, as a company right now? Uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, on the business side, it's it's challenging really to get a read on what the financial implications are likely to be as a consequence of the pandemic. And the main reason for that is because we don't know. It's not like it's something that's got a clearly defined um, end period. So there's obviously considerable uncertainty. Obviously, we're aware of the sorts of exposures that we have across our different portfolios. But the reality is that we don't yet know what this event is going to ultimately cost us and, of course, the rest of the industry. So that poses a challenge when you have a constant barrage of interested parties, whether they are uh, you know, board directors or whether they are um, shareholders or whether they're our own people who have a thirst for that information that we that we really can't uh, quantify at this point in time. So um, I think the other part that's a, that's a challenge at this point in time for us is to um, is to keep our people motivated and engaged. Um, I think you know there is so much information coming through the media. I think we all know that it can be quite depressing if you just remain glued to news outlets every day. But again, our people, I think quite fairly, um, expect someone in my role to be able to interpret what a lot of these um, you know, external discussions, whether it be when we return to work or whether it be some of the stories they're hearing about economic implications, they expect me to be able to tra- translate that into you know, what does it mean for us in our business and what does it mean for me as an employee. So I try and spend a lot of time um, yeah, watching the media uh, and making sure that I can interpret uh, things that are happening in a way that I can then communicate to our people so they understand 
um, you know, what it means for us. Because I like to try and make sure that I'm answering questions almost before people uh, start to think of them, if that, if that can kind of make sense. It um, does, because you just, you just uh, got to my next question before I could ask it, which is what employees most need from leadership in terms of action and communication. I think, I think that that clear sense that you're, you have your finger on the pulse of things is really important. What else are, are employees looking for from leadership at a time like this? I think I think above anything else, um, they're looking for empathy, and it sounds cliche, but at a time like this, the reality is that people, no two people, um, really have the same circumstances. For example, I've, I've been um, outside of the regular communication I have with my own executive team, um, and I'm part of the group executive, so there's regular dialogue there, and we have incident management councils meeting every couple of days. But I've tried to reach out directly to as many people as I can uh, across the international business. I think I'm up to calling and talking to about 120 uh, people uh, at the moment over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, the conversation really is about me checking in to make sure that first and foremost, they are they're healthy and well. Um, secondly, to make sure that they have all of the uh, infrastructure, uh, particularly around the IT piece, working effectively so that they can undertake their their job. And then the third point is, I guess, a little bit more subtly, but just making sure people you know, clear around their immediate goals and and, and and what's expected of them. Because I think what we've experienced, as I'm sure many companies have, uh, is that first two weeks, the, the, the realistic focus people have is making sure that they can... Um, yeah, their IT can work, and then secondly, that they can um, adapt uh, and and you know get their daily kind of pattern uh, together. Uh, but but then from there, you've got to move into that genuine business as usual mode pretty quickly because again, in our industry, it's all about taking care of our customers in in times of need, and there's no greater time of need for many of our customers, or there hasn't been like now. Um, so so again, I think it's about you know. Are people wanting to hear from leaders? They want to hear empathy. And I've found it quite interesting that in many of the conversations that I've had with people, you get very different um, preferences or views coming through about how they feel about working from home. I mean, a lot of people are really struggling with it because, you know, some people like routine. They like interaction face-to-face -face within a team situation. Um, other people that arguably are more introverted you know, tend to relish the, um, uh, you know, the situation that we're in now. So I think it's about respecting that people have different work preferences. Um, but at the end of the day, whether someone wants to um, really embrace where we're at now or someone wants to sort of, um, you know, um, just sort of wait for the day where we get back to the office, it's really important to find a way to encourage people to focus on their deliverables. So... We we're talking a little bit about that. There's the there's the practical aspects of working from home. There's also the 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 aspect that a lot of people have been directly affected by coronavirus. Yep. And how how does leadership affect that or or address that? The, the really sort of the the um, personal and close to home aspect. Yeah, I think I think again it comes back to the point around empathy that I was saying before. Obviously, I mean again throughout those those phone calls that I've made, we've had. Um, we've had I've had people that you know have had extended family members that have unfortunately lost their lives as a consequence of 
of, of the virus. Um, so, you know, obviously talking to those people with a huge degree of sensitivity is, is, is essential, but most importantly, to make them feel like, you know, the company is going to support them by giving them all the breathing space they need as they kind of deal through all the challenges. And, you know, frankly, you hear some pretty, um, some, some pretty sad situations uh, where people, uh, due to all sorts of constraints that some countries are applying, aren't able to, um, you know, to, to really make the traditional funeral arrangements and things like that. So, you know, I, I think as a leader, if you, if you really engage with your people and hear some of their stories, um, it, is, it is phenomenal just how, you know, this situation has challenged us in so many different ways. But um, I would strongly encourage our leaders to take the time to call and talk to as many people as they can, because I know ultimately those calls are really appreciated from our people. When you look back on this um, a year from now, what will you have learned? What is, what is the biggest takeaway from this, from this? I think our ability to really work more flexibly, um, successfully, is a definite takeaway. I think most companies like ours, you know, we all had uh, best laid uh, business continuity plans around these sorts of events happening. But, but, but certainly I don't think many of us contemplated um, putting them to the test like we, like we are currently. But I think it's proven that, you know, our organisation at least can be, can very successfully have large numbers of people in the current climate, it's all of us, but, you know, large numbers of people working remotely. So I do think that, you know, if we're 12, 18 months down the line, it is going to start to reshape the thinking of organisations in terms of how they think about corporate real estate, um, how they think about uh, rostering uh, teams, um, because the reality is gone are the days where we need to have everyone uh, anchored to their chair um, from nine to five, Monday to Friday. It's going to be a, a really interesting new world. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for all this insight um, and I stay safe and stay well. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully it was helpful.